Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Peter and Allison Denby from Stanton, Virginia. So Peter and Allison launched a crowdfunding campaign all the way back in May of June of 2016 called Watch Your Mouth. So they successfully raised over $27,000 and it's a Kickstarter project now to be one of Amazon's best sellers, you know, inspiring this movement, if you will. So really excited to have both Peter and Allison on the podcast today. So thank you guys for joining us. It's really great to be here, Roy. Thank so, you. Yeah, my pleasure. So you guys launched this campaign, um, you know, basically, I'll let you guys talk about the product. So please, you know, give our audience a little bit of background of where this all started and what inspired you to guys to create a game called Watch Your Mouth. Go ahead, Allison. <laughs> okay. Well, we are a game. We are a family full of games. If you look at our closet, we probably have a hundred plus games, and we have a tendency of just manipulating current games to give them a new, fresh start. So when Peter saw the movie called The Boss, where Melissa McCarthy is wearing what we call a cheek retractor for the purpose of spreading your cheeks so you can see your teeth, he knew there was something unique about that. So he searched and found a few, ordered them, and next thing you know, we're in our kitchen. And we have these silly things in our mouths and we're trying to talk and our son is having a blast. Our neighbors are having fun experimenting with us. And my husband said, well, if it can make you laugh, then it can make (laughs) anybody laugh. And let's see what we can do with it. And then from there, it was a real exercise in execution. I've, I've been in startups all my life and I've found that Really, the, one of the keys to a startup success is not necessarily the idea, but how well and how quickly and effectively you can execute that idea. And so I set off to execute this just as quickly as I could and pulled from the knowledge I've had from lots of other successes and failures uh, to really put a prototype together quickly and, uh, and get, it, get it on Kickstarter. That's really interesting. What I, what I love about this was that this is a simple project, you know, obviously in, in the product itself, you only had three perks to choose from. So there wasn't that hesitancy of having too many options with it. How long did you guys start or spend preparing to do the crowdfunding campaign? And what made you decide that crowdfunding was the right path to launch your game? The timeline was short. So from when I saw the movie until I had a uh, an MVP, a minimum viable product, was about a week. And that consisted of 
the mouthpieces that I ordered from eBay, getting cards printed on Move so that they were thick and looked looked like actual playing cards, and uh, constructing a box out of a, a USPS flat rate box covered in red vinyl. And then I did a, uh, a 99 Designs competition, got some fantastic results. In fact, I um, still work with one of those designers to this day. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, and so in the matter of about a week and a half or so, I'd say, we had a, a, a legitimate working product. So from there, it was building the page and waiting for approval and whatnot. So from the, from the, from the idea in inception to the actual launch of the Kickstarter campaign was a, a little more, about a month. It was about a month. But the, uh, the product and the MVP was finished in about a week and a half. The rest was all learning experiences such as how long it might take uh, Kickstarter to give you that final approval so you can go live. So we talked to a lot of different founders and entrepreneurs about the importance of the, you know, the time that you spend on the pre-campaign. It sounds like you guys didn't spend too much time in terms of building up that launch. Can you talk about that? No, that's, that's very accurate. And in future campaigns that we're getting, getting ready to work, that we're getting ready to launch, that focus has shifted significantly. And so I don't want to minimize the importance of that pre-work. We got lucky because videos of, this, of, of our game and the concept went viral around the same time as our campaign launched. And um, as a result, people were driven to it. And it was a product that just really struck a chord with the audience. Uh, during a very stress, this was in the height of the presidential election. People were looking for a release to laugh. There were just a lot of timing was everything with this. And, and so we don't, claim to take credit, uh, all the credit for the initial success of the uh, idea, but we do take a lot of credit for the success that followed because of the extraordinarily hard work and long hours and uh, problem solving that we put into keeping up with demand. One of the nice things about the Kickstarter campaign with our product specifically is that in the cards, we created a community card program where any of the backers of Kickstarter can submit a phrase that they thought would be perfect for our game. And if we liked it, we selected them and their name and where they're from is at the bottom of every card printed of that phrase. And so we really work to engage that community. I mean, Kickstarters uh, and, and crowdfunding in general, the backers in the audience are just so important and so special that, that we really wanted to look for a way to include them uh, and and help, allow them to help with some of the product development. I absolutely love that. You know, anytime we do a campaign or work with a campaigner, we're always looking for that angle to involve the crowd. And the fact that, you know, you're personalizing this, allowing them to create custom cards or, you know, at least have an input or a say in the game, I think is brilliant. And then, you know, going through and looking at, you know, the community of backers that you guys brought in, almost or over two thirds of them were first time backers. Yeah. How much you know feedback were you getting from them, and where where do you think they were coming from and finding you guys? Do you want me to take this one? Or you got it. Uh, well, as for the feedback, they loved being part of the development of the game. So, with a lot of Kickstarter or other crowdsourcing channels, a lot of times the product's already made, and you are trying to 
get backings for it. But in ours, we had the the premise and the base and the graphics, but not all the phrases were completed. And so it was really fun for all parties included to be a part of that and all their suggestions and the adult expansion pack that we had as uh, an option in our campaign was wildly successful. Peter, or there's just a untapped, I guess, demand for adult dirty humor, <laughs> um, which has kind of been part of our expansions of all of our other expansion packs is that that was a demand that people wanted. So you'll see that we have a total of three expansion packs now and more on our digital app, which is on both Android and Apple. Um, as far as other information from Peter. Yeah, so that was the positive feedback. The The negative feedback we got, because a lot of them were first-time backers, they didn't really understand what Kickstarter was. I think a lot of them treated it a lot like a uh, just another e-commerce platform where they thought they could get it and they could order it and it would pretty much ship immediately. And so uh, we spent a fair amount of time, the way we the way we solve that or the way we handled that was to spend a fair amount of time over communicating as best we could uh, via updates and emails and then just one-on-one -on -one communication when people would, would help us. In fact, the first hire we ever made at, at what became the, the company was somebody that uh, specialized in customer service because we really wanted to make sure that, that there was a positive reputation associated with this project, with this platform, uh, and with the experience. So midway through your campaign, as you guys are active, you partnered with Buffalo Games. Can you tell me a little bit about how that came to be and you know how they've helped you guys now in terms of fulfilling orders? You bet. Buffalo Games has been a fantastic partner. We joined forces. They found us via Kickstarter. And so it was interesting, you know, when, when you're a when you're a creator on Kickstarter and, and I'm sure other platforms, you get a lot of spam. You get people that just, you know, really want to help make this and make that and be a distribution partner and financing partner and, and this and that. And so the lesson I learned there is not every one of those messages is spam. Uh, this one came from Buffalo Games and it was, it was a cold call. And they said, hey, we really like this. And at the time I hadn't even heard of Buffalo Games. No offense, guys. And uh, they've turned out to be just a fantastic partner in this and really helped uh, grow the distribution, navigate retail channels, aid with product development, aid in marketing. Uh, but it's been a real partnership. I mean, and I think that's what's unique about this licensing uh, agreement with Buffalo is that they really do handle a lot of the distribution. That is absolutely their strength, distribution and production. Uh, our strength is the customer connection be it through marketing, through customer service, through product development. And so really you have two independent yet closely aligned teams working on this, this idea and, and future ideas now. So it's been, I think it's been very positive for us. And I think if you were to talk to Buffalo Games, they would say it's been positive for them as well. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, in, in going back, Allison, you had mentioned in terms of the not safe for work card games, and I'm always reminded of the Cards Against Humanity. Uh, you know, that ran in early, I think, 2000, maybe the end of 2000. And certainly, obviously, they have had a tremendous amount of success. So certainly, you know, focusing in on that niche, uh, Kickstarter and that community itself is obviously uh, a right place to be able to go after those consumers. 
Agreed. Well, our, our not safe for work does get compared against Cards Against Humanity very frequently because it's on the same level of inappropriateness. Which is always fun for, for adults, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so, like I said, you guys ran this campaign uh, over a year, year and a half ago now. What was the biggest surprise from the Kickstarter campaign itself outside of Buffalo Games reaching out? There are both positives and negatives, and so I'm, I'm trying to um, think of the, the best positives to talk about. Well, I think the positives would be that we had a fantastic backer community that really launched our product beyond Kickstarter. So they were spreading the word about our product. They, we were getting this almost self-marketing uh, that was very organic, that had a huge part of our long-term success. And so in that way, Kickstarter and these crowdfunding channels are a wonderful way to get a loyal fan base and for testing products and getting a lot of feedback from the very beginning on either ways to improve your product before production or for expansions or other avenues to expand your product line. Nice. So what advice would you give to someone else looking to crowdfund a game like this? I, I, don't, want, I don't want to bring down the mood, but we were really astonished by the amount of counterfeits that came about because of our early exposure. So if we had just gone straight to market, I think marketing would have been more difficult, but our IP would have been much more secure because we were exposed on Kickstarter and there was a period between the completion of the campaign and when we actually were selling in a, in a huge volume that a lot of knockoffs came about, uh, both from independents and from very large groups. And so that was a lesson learned there. Uh, and the advice I would give is Kickstarter is very important to the launch of an idea, but never, ever stop moving. So halfway through your Kickstarter campaign, if it's going to be successful, then you better start being in production halfway through your Kickstarter campaign and have your distribution uh, channels pretty much lined up at that point so that when you have the product in your hands that you can move as fast as possible. IP protections such as patents, trademark, copyrights are fine and they go so far, but really what makes you successful is your speed to market. And that has really been the key to our success is the speed to market, even against uh, some very large notable brands out there. And to add to that, yeah. really it's like barriers to entry. So you said that our product is very simple and fun, and I totally agree. But because it's simple, it's really easy for another manufacturer in another country to manufacture it and try to sell it as if it's yours, like ours. And so as a startup, you don't anticipate having a budget item having to do law enforcement against your products. Mm -hmm. and, and if you don't have the mental or financial backing that could really devastate mm -hmm. uh, a startup yeah it almost it almost crushed us we we were getting if you look at our amazon page for example you'll see a bunch of negative reviews unfortunately that are right at the top um they're like counterfeit product knockoff get the real game etc and that's because uh there were third-party sellers literally copying our game on a copy machine shipping out of china 
with terrible card quality and misspellings and uncomfortable mouthpieces and all that. And people were buying it and it would ship in a plastic bag from China and arrive in a million pieces and just a terrible customer experience. And so that just blindsided us. We had no idea that 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 would happen as quickly and profusely as it did. Mm -hmm. So we actually worked with a group called CSC, called NetNames um, and CSC. And we pay them a fair bit uh, each year to really patrol this and and try to mitigate it. We've worked with um, Customs and Border Patrol and, and a few other groups as well to try to mitigate this with and fortunately, now we're finally having reasonable success, but not not for about a year later. So you guys had mentioned that, you know, Watch Your Mouth is now a best-selling game on Amazon. And this is always interesting for companies and clients that launch their product and get it out there and then are looking for that path to continue sales and grow that community to which they built off of Kickstarter Indiegogo initially. What marketing efforts do you think have been the most helpful in terms of getting you to that point now? For my, for us, it was, I, honestly, I would say it's less marketing, more operational. Starting with a, a, a program called Amazon Launchpad. And really, that was kind of the means to the end, if I'm to be honest about Kickstarter, is I really wanted to be a part of Amazon Launchpad. At the time, the criteria for joining Launchpad is either you had to be a product of a venture capitalist firm, a VC firm, or the product of a successfully funded crowdfunding campaign. and so. Because we were successful in Kickstarter, we were able to be admitted to Amazon Launchpad, which um, helped us reach the incredible capacity and volume that Amazon has with uh, some really neat perks to stand a chance on Amazon. And, um, and so because we were on there, the demand was there, but because of our relationship with Amazon, we were able to meet the demand. Yeah, Amazon Launchpad has been one of our strategic partners as well. We've certainly put a, a lot of clients on there as well to get their product out there. So that's great that you guys were able to solidify that relationship and are now seeing great success from that. So that's always good. If you were, if you were to give someone a piece of advice for selling their product on Amazon after their crowdfunding campaign, do you think Launchpad is definitely the best, best path uh, for someone to follow along that? I do. I do, especially uh, Launchpad now in the U.S. particularly has the ability to be either uh, third party, like through Seller Central, or work with Vendor Central. And so you're not limited by the scale or perceived scale of your idea that you can be a 3P seller, but still have access to many of the Launchpad opportunities. And uh, so that, that would be my, my first piece of advice. Um, and then second is just to have a really quality listing and really work on getting some early wins, such as um, a good, good review base, uh, a good making sure you're in stock, your, your, your sales are ranking, uh, that sort of thing. Those early wins really set you up for future success. And Amazon has what you call an A-plus page. So it's a step beyond just your basic beginner product page. It allows for you to have videos on it and a lot of additional content and pictures. And I feel as a buyer myself that I lean towards the products that have multiple pictures of the products and videos. Therefore, I can really grasp the quality and the, the, the specifics of that product. And then if that meets the criteria, the next thing I do is I look at customer reviews 
define what they like and dislike about your product. And if they found if they found something that they disliked about it that I probably would dislike too, then I move on to the next product. So it's really important to have good customer reviews. And if by chance you have a poor customer review against your product, immediately resolve it and respond to that review on your product page. And to Allison's point about the A plus page as a Launchpad participant, you get access to a Launchpad specific A plus template where you can include, and it's it's really geared toward crowdfunding. So it can say, hey, we were crowdfunded. Here's how much we were raised. Here's a picture of our team. Kind of makes it very mm-hmm. personal so you don't get lost in the, in the hustle of commerce. And I'll, I'll add another thing. What Launchpad brought to the table that you couldn't quite get as a third party or a larger brand through Vendor Central is that you get a contact person. You actually get to speak to somebody if you needed to. And you get some guidance that you normally don't have. Like I didn't know about AMS. Like Amazon has all these different channels that you can tap into to support your product. So AMS is a marketing channel. You also had brand registry, which really um, helped out with some of our IP issues. So there's all these different channels that you just have to ask somebody to help problem solve. Awesome. So you guys sold, what, almost a thousand products during your your 30-day campaign. How many of these products are you guys selling now on a daily or weekly level? I wish we could tell you. We, uh, because of the competitiveness in the industry, it's, we, we can't reveal numbers, but we can say that we were the top five selling game of all games in 2016, even though we were really only on the market for about four months. And that's, that's, that's publicly, part, mostly publicly available data from NPD Group. And uh, the, the, the other thing I want to throw in there is, yeah, we did sell almost a thousand games during the Kickstarter campaign, but the, the one thing we did that I'm very glad we did is we also set up a pre-order system so that the second the, the Kickstarter campaign ended, we were still able to, able to capture demand through a pre-order system. So we had a, uh, uh, we used Backerkit actually is who we used and used their very simple pre-order page. And we, I don't know, you can look on Backerkit; it's up there. I, th- I think it, we uh, we ended up raising about fifty thousand via pre-orders on Backerkit. So even more than the Kickstarter. So it was really integral to our success. Yeah, Backerkit's obviously one of our sponsors on the podcast. We love working with them. They are a great asset for anybody crowdfunding their campaign and need that additional assistance to figure it all out post crowdfunding success. So that, that's great that you guys use them. And, and yeah, it does. and it goes back to the operational, operational success I was talking about earlier. So, I mean, we're a small team. We still only have six people. And at the time of the Kickstarter campaign, we had two people. And that was me and my wife, Allison here. And so by having systems in place like Backerkit, we didn't have to spend days going through and following up with all of our backers and getting addresses correctly and printing shipping labels um, because the system's in place. That was a maybe you know several hour process to get all that done and get all the shipping labels printed. Then we could focus on fulfilling and getting, out the, getting the product out the door and moving on to actually working on our company versus working in our company. So it was, yeah, it was a great experience. So Peter, you drew the short end of the straw for the launch round where I'm going to rapid fire questions at you. You good to go? Um, I believe so. All right. So what inspired you to be a gamepreneur? (laughs) 
Uh, I've been in startups all my life. Uh, I just can't help it. I think it's it's either a, a, a trait or a disease. I'm not sure. But I wanted to have a product that, that really made people happy um, and a product that was very scalable. And so in focusing on speed of execution and speed to market, uh, the game industry was uh, just a great, it, it just checked all those boxes. So if you could play the game with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Elon Musk, without a doubt. So what, what would be your first question for Elon Musk or what, what word would you try to mouth for him? <laughs> oh, that would be, that, that, what word would I use? <laughs> energy. How does, he balance, how, how does he balance his energy among so many projects and be effective at them? Uh, I think, think that would be a very interesting conversation to have with mouthpieces in. Yeah, I think something like spaceship success or something like that would be a pretty good <laughs> there one, right? You go. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's perfect. I'll put that on a card and put your name on it. Done. I love it. Who did you look up to when you were growing up? I have to say my father. Um, he's, uh, he's also been in small business and he's always had the philosophy that the good guys can finish at the top as well. You hear a lot about negativity and people always look operating from a philosophy of scarcity and suing people and saying, this pond isn't big enough for you and, and whatnot. And, and he really taught me that the pond is big enough and that if you're kind to people and you treat people well, uh, that there, there's enough abundance out there for everybody. And to, the way to not go through life is, is trying to elbow your way through, but rather to deliver value, to provide happiness, to be able to look yourself in the mirror, to tell the truth. And that has really been a huge guiding principle for me uh, throughout my career. Nice. What book would you recommend to our audience? Probably How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's an oldie but a goodie and just kind of a foundational, foundational people skills 101 that, uh, that has been extremely influential in my life and, uh, and a fun read. Awesome. Last question, Peter. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Very fast paced. I think crowdfunding is great for testing ideas and getting products to market. And as, uh, as more and more people get, get onto that train, it's just going to be very fast paced. It's going to be very exciting because of, it allows entrepreneurs and innovators to test their idea and without, with very little repercussion. And so you can put an idea out there and see how it goes. And then if it doesn't go well, you can iterate or pivot. If it goes well, then you can develop a trend on what really people are looking for. And so I think it's a really wonderful, fast feedback uh, loop between innovators and, and customers so that needs are meeting uh, or innovations are meeting the needs and the needs are driving innovations. And I think it's just, it's, it's very exciting to see how what what evolves as a result of that and the pace of that evolution very good well peter and allison this is going to wrap it us for wrap it up for us but i want to give you a chance to give your pitch to the audience tell them what you're all about where people should go and why they go need why they need to go buy a watch your mouth game thanks roy well this is peter and allison denby from watch your mouth the hilarious mouth guard party game we are a small team in beautiful Stanton, Virginia. We are the originators of the game, Watch Your Mouth. We 
Uh, really appreciate the support that we get. You can find us on Amazon. You can find us at Target. You can find us at Toys R Us. Uh, you can find us at WYMGame.com. If I can ever help anybody, please reach out. Uh, you can go to our website. There's a contact form. Let me know if I may help you. Thanks for laughing with us. Thanks for supporting this small, crazy venture. And, and Roy, thanks for having us on the art of the kickstart. We really wish the best to your viewers and, and hope they go out there and, and kick some serious ass. Absolutely. Well, I know this has been exciting for me and I think it's going to be exciting for all of our listeners because you guys are nice enough to, to do a giveaway along with this episode. So I certainly thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for their chance to win free product from the kind folks of Peter and Allison of Watch Your Mouth. Check out all the notes, the transcript, links to the product, of course. And again, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. And of course, if you love this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Peter and Allison, thank you so much for joining us on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a great one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.